Welcome to Truth Triumphant Radio. I'm your host, Cody Mori, and today might be a little bit uh, late here, perhaps, because of all the stuff that's uh, going on and been going on, as I've kind of said every week and continues this week, is it's very scary out there. I mean, just the things you hear on a week-by-week basis now are just insane. It's just insane. The divide uh, in the United States right now. I mean, are we on the brink of a civil war? Are we really on the brink of a civil war? Who knows what's going to happen? Because after the people are so polarized and violently polarized in many cases. I mean, I'm very lucky to be living in Florida where we're not seeing much of these so-called peaceful protests and things going on. But in some of these other states, that's not the case. You know, I would not want to be living in Portland. And as I as I stated in the in the last talk just a couple days ago, um, there's a massive exodus from the blue states to the red states. So something is happening, and it's definitely not what the media is painting. It's not the picture that's in reality. One of the things I wanted to talk today about, and you guys know how I am, I don't pull any punches when it comes to the left or the right. I don't uh, make excuses for either side. Today I'm going to, not going out of my way to do this, but <laughs> uh, I'm going to beat up on both because uh, the whole thing with Ruth Bader Ginsburg, where everybody is just idolizing her as this great advocate for women's rights and this great hero of modern times. And folks, that's what I want to look at today. I want to look at the legacy of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And you make the decision yourself on whether this is one of the people that ought to be honored and respected, uh, their service, quote-unquote, to the United States, quote-unquote, or is this a man and or woman of renown that the bible speaks of you know one of these one of these wonderful world's heroes which we know we will not be seeing in heaven uh, so i want i want to look at the legacy before i even go any further i want to look at the legacy of ruth bader ginsburg and i also wanted to make a correction <clears throat> Last time, I said Bill Clinton went to Fordham. That was a misstatement. He went to Georgetown. Now, someone caught me on this, and I appreciate, I really appreciate when people do, because I want the broadcast to be as accurate as possible. It was Trump that went to Fordham. I said Clinton went to Fordham. Honestly, I, I don't know. I don't know why. Uh, Bill Clinton went to Georgetown University, Jesuit University. Trump went to Fordham, Jesuit University. <clears throat> but I want to start here. As we get into uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, what they're calling uh, the notorious RBG now, you know, trying to, it's it's, it's funny because you have uh, you have young kids wearing RBG shirts and stuff like that, and she's become this pop culture thing. So uh, let me read to you this quote here from Time Magazine from Time.com. Uh, the journalist Olivia Waxman. Uh, the name of the article is Ruth Bader Ginsburg wishes this case had legalized abortion instead of Roe v. Wade. August 2nd, 
2018. When the U.S. Senate confirmed President Bill Clinton's nomination of Ruth Bader Ginsburg to the U.S. Supreme Court by a 96-3 vote on August 3, 1993, precisely 25 years ago, Friday, that decision set Ginsburg on the path to legal and viral history. That process was also noteworthy for her decision to take the unprecedented step of strongly endorsing abortion rights in a Supreme Court confirmation hearing, as time reported back then. So she started, folks, she started her first step into the Supreme Court was a full endorsement, uh, sorry, endorsement of abortion rights. Okay, that's, that's her legacy. All right. Continuing on with the quote, <clears throat> it says it is essential to women's equality. This is this is Ruth Bader Ginsburg speaking. It is essential to women's equality with man that she be the decision maker, that her choice be controlling. Ginsburg told senators during her four days of questioning by the Senate Judiciary Committee. If you impose restraints that impede her choice, you are disadvantaging her because of her sex. Wait, what? So, <clears throat> let me get this straight. If a woman gets pregnant and wants to kill the person that's inside her, and somebody else, whether it's a woman or a man or God himself, comes and says, hey, People have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. You have a life inside you. They have a right to live. According to Ginsburg, woman, man, or God, whoever it was, who said that to the woman who wants to get an abortion, is disadvantaging her because of her sex. Do you see, do you see the bait and switch there? You see how it's, it turned into a sexist thing rather than a life thing? So let me ask you a question. Is this somebody that that we on the left, I mean, I expect this on the left. Yeah, I expect it on the left. But it's insane to me to hear groups like Fox News. I mean, it's not surprising, but it is insane because they're so-called conservative. They're so-called, uh, you know, Republican, more the, the pro-life side, really. And... What did you have when she died? All this, all this praise and 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 thankful of of what she did in her life. I'm not saying you beat up on somebody after they die, but don't don't change their legacy into something it wasn't. Okay, if if Ruth Bader Ginsburg is some someone that women should look up to as someone who moved women forward then Fidel Castro is someone who men should look up to as as who who helped move men forward. I mean that's that's basically this I mean okay one, one of them one of them did it with their pen and the other one did it with a gun. But the deaths I think as we will take a look uh, at the end of this the deaths that can be laid at RBG's feet and maybe the ruined lives because of her endorsement of same-sex marriage uh, being the 5-4 ruling vote on that 
How many lives are destroyed? Because sin destroys people's lives. It does. It destroys people's lives. Homosexuality is something that is is called an abomination. That's that's the word God uses in it. I'm not trying to beat up on anybody who's homosexual who's homosexual or has struggles with homosexuality. But you don't if you're struggling with alcohol or if you're struggling with cocaine or something like that, that doesn't mean you should have people walk up to you and and affirm you that what you're doing is good and you should keep doing that. That's what Ruth Bader Ginsburg did for homosexuals and for people that struggle with homosexuality. Is she affirmed them in their sin. So how many not only deaths from abortion, but destroyed lives from the pats on the back and the coddling of people who ought to be told the truth about what their sin is doing to them. And it just shows you how sinful we have become as a nation when you're hearing when you're hearing the 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 so-called, you know, the the saviors on the right talk about how this was a, a great servant of of the United States and of the United States Constitution. I want to play a, a clip from you for you from uh, from Fox to this very issue. Well, what a year. And uh, we've just had a, another monumental event, the death of Associate Justice on the Supreme Court, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. We want to make sure that you know that everything that you would like to and need to know about this big event. And that's why we're tossing it right now to Fox News Channel's special report now on the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. What a remarkable life. And, and as you point out so uh, perfectly, Shannon, she really had it all. I mean, she's a woman who had it all. She was extremely successful, um, Ivy League education and her law education. And she worked through all of that while, you know, raising her family over the course of those years. And then, as you say, being so, you know, she, she struck such a great balance, I think, in terms of being human and also being this great legal mind and someone that so many people looked up to. And, and the other thing that I, I think of when you mentioned in your piece that she shared her love of opera uh, with Antonin Scalia mm -hmm. is that the camaraderie mm -hmm. on the court and how well respected she was by all of the members of the court and obviously they had differences in the way they approached the Constitution and approached these cases um, but but she was part of that family she was a pillar of that family all right, so we're going to take that uh, coverage back, but uh, I just wanted to mention one thing. The, the New York Times quotes, uh, Chief Justice John Roberts of the Supreme Court said, our nation has lost a jurist of historic stature. We at the Supreme Court have lost a cherished colleague. Today we mourn, but with confidence that future generations will remember Ruth Bader Ginsburg as we knew her, a tireless and resolute champion of justice. A nice way to be remembered. Mm -hmm. Okay, so there you have it from the so-called right, a tireless and resolute champion of justice. I wonder if God would agree. I wonder if God would agree when it comes, when it comes to the ultimate judge, the ultimate Supreme Court, and the ultimate Supreme Court justice, when she is weighed in the balances for the belief systems that she's held. And look look at the coddling going on from, from the so-called right on this far-left individual who cared more 
about women having a decision to kill somebody than about the person being killed. Uh, who cared more about making people feel good in sin than loving them enough to tell them the truth. And they're just, it's sick. It's really sick. I mean, you don't have to, you don't have to beat her down and, and say all these bad things about her, you know, right after she dies, which is not what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to set the record straight here. Um, but, but to, to blow her up, like, did you even, do you even know anything about her? I mean, that's insane. It's absolutely insane. The heroes, folks, listen carefully. The heroes of this world, many times, not always, but many times, are the enemies of God. I want to read a quote from you to you from uh, Signs of the Times, April 18th, 1895, from Ellen White. Where there are many counterfeits of faith in the world, there is a genuine faith. And it is this faith which works by love and purifies the soul. God in his providence set forth Noah as a representative of what true faith would do. Now, was, was Noah's faith common or rare, folks? How many got onto that ark out of the whole world? Eight. Eight people. Keep that in mind as we continue. The Lord designed that Noah in his life and character should present before the antediluvian world, that's the pre-flood world, a marked example of the results of believing the word of God. He did not walk in, in the sparks of his own kindling. He obtained all his discernment, all his power, all his strength from the source of all light, for he held communion with God. It was because he had faith in God, because he was a man of prayer, that he was a man of power. He kindled his taper at the divine altar, that he might be a light to the world. He had a message entrusted to him from God. In his day, there was so fearful a departure from God and his ways, that the hatred of God's law, contempt of truth and righteousness, was well nigh worldwide. Oh, wow. Folks, let me tell you something. Before we continue with the rest of this quote, we've arrived to that. We've arrived to the point where there's contempt of truth and righteousness, and it's well nigh worldwide, and hatred of God's law. From both sides. One pays lip service, and the other side... At least they're at least they're outspoken enough to just s declare themselves enemies. Continuing, it says the wickedness of men was very great. Yet there was hope for them, if they would turn from their wickedness. And the Lord made Noah his messenger to proclaim to the inhabitants of the old world their sins. See, that was that's what Noah's job was to to declare to them their sins that they might have a hope of of changing their lives, okay? That is someone who is a servant of God and man. Someone who's willing, who loves people enough to tell them the truth. Continuing, it says and to set before them wherein they had provoked the wrath of God. He told them what God proposed to do in the world. He declared to them 
the word of God. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that also he for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be an hundred and twenty years. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. You see, folks, we have to address the sin problem. We, we don't hold up people that were high-handedly in open rebellion against God, pretending to be advocates, okay, and not pointing out, refusing to point out sin, all in the name of quote-unquote uh, liberalism and progressivism. That's not what we're called to do. That's not what we're called to do at all. We are called to point out the sin. Because God's God's wrath is coming. God's judgment is coming. And we got to be on the right side of this. All of us. Every person on earth has to be warned about his judgments that are coming. Not coddled. Not coddled. And why do we speak so highly of such evil people? Yes, I said Ruth Bader Ginsburg was evil. Yes, she was. The, the promotion of abortion and, and homosexual rights, again, something that God calls an abomination, that is evil. That is wickedness, according to the Bible. And that's something that she high-handedly agreed with. She also was unconstitutional. She believed, she believed in the, quote, living constitution. You know what that comes from? The belief in evolution. Thank you, Woodrow Wilson. The living constitution basically means that you don't interpret the constitution. You interpret the constitution not according to what the original founders meant, which would would be the most logical way to interpret it, right? I mean, you should interpret it the way that they intended it to be interpreted. Hmm? No. The living constitution method, RBG's method, was basically to interpret the Constitution according to, uh, in light of contemporary issues. Okay, basically just, I mean, really what it boils down to is this. I'm going to interpret the Constitution however I want. Well, Isaiah chapter 5 verse 20 says, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. That's what's going on here, folks. That's what's going on here. Her legacy. I got a, a, a read another article here from uh, the Independent. That's a uh, one of England's newspapers. Independent.co.uk from Kimberly Richards, another female, coddling her. Um, from August 10th, 2018, five of Ruth Bader Ginsburg historic moments as she marks 25 years as Supreme Court Justice. Here, listen to this. The monumental 2015 Supreme Court ruling on same-sex marriages. Ms. Ginsburg, a supporter of equal rights for the LGBT community. By the way, to the Constitution, which was founded on the laws of nature that we talked about, and the laws of nature's God, does that support gay marriage? It doesn't. It actually doesn't, because 
in the laws of nature, you don't really find homosexuality. And then in the laws of nature's God, it is, stri he, it is strictly condemned. So when you put the two together, it's a no. But let's call it rights, right? I mean, we're called things that are not supposed to be rights. We call them rights. We don't know what rights are anymore. But anyways, said she voted in favor of granting same-sex couples the right to get married in all 50 states. The 5-4 ruling in the landmark case, uh, Obergefell versus Hodges, made history. The Supreme Court justice was outspoken in her objection to her same-sex marriage opponents in the high court. Marriage today is not what it used to be under the common law tradition, under the civil law tradition. Ms. Ginsburg notably said, Marriage was a relationship of a dominant male to a subordinate female that ended as a result of the court's decision in 1982 when Louisiana's head and master rule was struck down. Would that be a choice that the state should still be allowed to have? To cling to marriage in the way it once was? That's what she said. Nice bobbing and weaving, right, to get away from the actual issue. Is this right or wrong? <clears throat> Another one, the Supreme Court tackling of Texas uh, House Bill 2. In 2016, the Supreme Court ruled in Whole Women's Health versus Hellerstead to strike down two anti-abortion provisions in Texas, which provided that doctors had to have admitting privileges at a nearby hospital to provide abortions at any stage of pregnancy. Furthermore, it forced clinics to become ambulatory surgical centers to provide abortions. So it forced, it forced hospitals to provide abortion to, and also to remove any admitting privileges. So, so when they tried to, basically what Texas tried to do was tried to make it a, a little harder to get an abortion because obviously it's federal law now. And that was struck down in 2016, just one year after. This, this is a hero of the United States Constitution. This is a hero and a servant and a a committed person to the, to the laws of this country and to the foundational values that that make America great she's a heroine for women's rights servant of the United States Constitution advocate of wholesome values but what does god think about all this well glad you asked let's take a look at leviticus chapter 18 verse 21 it's funny sort of talked about this last week, um, but I'm going to be reading today out of uh, the 1599 Geneva Bible. Talked about Moloch last week, and it just so happens, stumbled across a passage that directly talked about him. So, Leviticus chapter 18, verse 21, I'm going to read from, the, again, the 1599 Geneva Bible, uh, by done by Toledge Press and White Hall Press. It has definitely been, I will say before we read the quote, re reading this Bible has definitely been a blessing. I will say that. But I'll tell you, the King James Version Bible is superior. The language, the flow, um, when I read them and compare them both to see which one has a, a more easy to understand uh, reading, 
it's usually the King James Version. There has been a couple verses, I will say that. But it, if you're interested in going to different Bibles and looking at some different options and stuff, just I just want to just say my personal opinion that as I've studied some of these other Bibles, that overall, not on a verse-by-verse -verse specific basis, but overall, the King James Version is definitely superior. And I think that God had a lot to do with that version. Um, but anyways, Leviticus chapter 18, verse 21. Also... Thou shalt not give thy children to offer them unto Molech, neither shalt thou defile the name of thy God, for I am the Lord. Interesting there. It says, you're not to give your children to offer them unto Molech. Do you know what that meant? Molech was an idol, a statue, a false god. And he had these, his hands out, and they were usually heated to red hot, and they would offer children as a human sacrifice to this God. And notice the last part of the verse. It says, Neither shalt thou defile the name of thy God, for I am the Lord. Many times, when they would do sacrifices, just like when Moses came down from Mount Sinai, after Aaron made the golden calf, and said, These be thy gods that brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Many times, when you get Baal worship, Moloch worship, the mixing of them, you get a syncretism of both of them. And you have people doing idolatrous practices and dedicating them to God. And that's a huge problem. That's called presumption. So that's what's meaning there. Neither shalt thou defile the name of thy God. Meaning don't, don't think that you're offering uh, your children to Moloch or saying that you're doing it for me is, is going to be a good thing. That defiles my name. That's what God's saying. Well, there's a little commentary on this. The 1599 Geneva Bible, as I've said before, it has the commentary of uh, John Calvin, Miles Coverdale, and some others. Um, they doesn't say who's speaking. It just has commentary. But it has commentary on Moloch specifically. It says, Moloch, which was an idol of the Ammonites, unto them unto whom they burned and sacrificed their children. 2 Kings chapter 23, verse 10. This seemed to be the chief and principal of all idols. And, as the Jews write, was of great stature and hollow within, having seven places or chambers within him. One was to receive the meal that was offered, like the bread offering. The second, or it says here specifically, another turtle doves. The third, a sheep. The fourth, a ram. The fifth, a calf. The sixth, an ox. The seventh, a child. This idol's face was like a calf. His hands were ever stretched out to receive gifts. His priests were called Chimerim. C-H-E-M-A-R-I-M. And you can find... Specific references to the Chimerim in 2 Kings chapter 23, verse 5, in Hosea chapter 10, verse 5, and Zephaniah chapter 1, verse 4. Now let me ask you a question. How many children do you think one of these wicked priests, the Chimerim, killed in their lifetime? How many? 
let's say let's say one of these priests lives in Jerusalem and there's children every day and they do this for 30 40 years whatever maybe a million that's a lot that's a lot I think that's being I think that's being uh, very generous there to say maybe a million Ruth Bader Ginsburg has been a Supreme Court Justice since 1993. Now, I went ahead and I looked up from Wikipedia and Guttmacher Institute the abortions, and these are the ones that are recorded and reported to the CDC, from 1993 to 2017. You want to know what that number is? 21,960,090 That's an entire country, folks. Of 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 not not fetal tissue, of not women's possession, of people, men, women, black, white and Hispanic and all the other races, people, human beings, with goals, with interests, with heartbreaks, with passions, with inventions, or whatever. People that God designed, gave a mind to, gave life to, his breath. That's how many people have died on Ginsburg's watch. And as I said, she, she started when she was being interviewed by the Senate talking about her, her advocacy of abortion. That's her legacy. She's not better, she's worse than a Khmerim priest. Because though he did it with his hands, she did it with her pen. And with everything that she stood for. Now from 1973 to 2018... 20 or sorry 61.8 million people people have died according to the American Life League or all think about that 61.8 million people this this is the legacy of Ruth Bader Ginsburg and it's not a pretty one so, no, she's not going to be up in heaven sipping tea with Jesus. When judgment comes, we're going to find that her, alongside many other individuals who the world upholds as their heroes and heroines, that they are going to be some of God's greatest enemies. And you know, when I was when I was looking at these numbers here, because I was adding them up, they had them broken down by year. And I was adding up the numbers, and I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, these are these are people. These are people. People want to talk about COVID deaths, hundred and eighty thousand COVID deaths. Are you kidding me? Folks, we're, we're not better, we're worse. We're worse. We, we might be more scientific about it. We might be more 
uh, hygienic about how we kill people, but we are no different. In fact, we're worse than ancient Israel. And God can't let this go on much longer. And when people start calling good evil and evil people good people that we should emulate, that's why it's so, it's so disheartening and sad to see them talk about her and her family. How many fam... Are you kidding me? Family? Family? And all these kids that are wearing RBG shirts. Really? She's not your friend. So I think, I think when we do things like this, when we coddle these type of people, or we talk about how great these people are, we're slapping Christ in the face. I, I really, truly believe that. But anyways, and by the way, most of these deaths, a high percentage of these abortions, if you really look into uh, Planned Parenthood and Margaret Sanger and all that, very racist. Most of these, most of these children are black. Most of these children are black. But it's 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 the left side that's going to tell you that they're they're the not racist ones. And they just play that race card all the time. But there's a saying. There's a saying and I think it's very relevant. And that saying is like please can you speak louder? I can't hear you over your actions. So I don't know really how else to close it. I want to keep talking to you guys, but I've already went over a little bit over on time. Just let some of that stuff sink in and just, just, uh, I just had to set the record straight on this one because it, it just bothers me so much of just the lies that are out there. I pray that this is a blessing to you guys and I hope to see you next, next week on Truth Triumphant Radio.